are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM radio. This is Punch, and it's time for the nerdy news. And in the studio today, in addition to, we have Brennan and Kathy and Tony and Jody. We will have a special recording from Hank and Craig, but we have a special guest this week. Sitting in is uh, my significant other, Dave Scadden. Uh, he is no... Uh, no stranger to uh, CFCR radio. He used to have a show called Good Pie. And uh, actually that's kind of how I originally knew Tony was that uh, Good Pie flanked, uh, what was your show called, Tony? We had Time Lords and Air Miles. Could have been one of those two. Same time spot. We, we were back season. back on Friday yeah. night for a long time. Yeah. Um, so Dave has been um, really obsessed with Johnny Hammond lately. Dave, tell us why should we care about Johnny Hammond? Well, before we get to the music, uh, he's a good topic for a show like this because he's he's fun to collect. Mm. Um, he, he played on a lot of different major labels, which means that uh, a, a lot of his albums got pressed a lot. And that means that even though they're kind of old, they're still it's still possible to find them um, without having to pay what you would pay for like a really, really rare record. And I started looking for him because I was listening to a group called the Delvon Lamar Organ Trio um, that, that we both really like. But they only have a couple of albums and maybe 15 or 16 songs total. Um, so I was kind of searching, looking for more of that sweet Hammond organ, which kind of sounds, if you play chords on it, like a churchy organ. But if you play hooks and fills on it, it has this kind of funky, smooth sound that a lot of keyboard players um, have have made some really good music with. Um, you're, you were talking about jazz before, and I'm, I'm not an expert. I always feel a little bit intimidated talking about jazz. Um, I, I like listening to it, but there's something about this sweet spot where jazz and funk collide that is, is really kind of, it, it never outsmarts itself. The mm. way jazz can sometimes out out clever itself because it's based on these, you know, like strong, funky rhythm sections and the band all kind of has to keep going together on that groove. And that's kind of where Johnny Hammond's Hammond organ fits in. A, a good touch point for something like this might be Herbie Hancock and what he did with the Headhunters, where he kind of moves from jazz into a funk style in the 1970s. And if you're if you're looking for a good Johnny Hammond album to stream, uh, there's a real sweet spot between 1972 and 1975, where he puts out the albums Higher Ground, Gambler's Life, Gears, and The Prophet. All of those really great instrumental jazz. He'll throw in a little cover song once in a while, so you'll hear like Stevie Wonder's Higher Ground in there. You'll hear uh, the song that the Beastie Boys sampled uh, heavily on Pass the Mic from Check Your Head. And just some some little little marks like that that'll make this, I think, a pretty fun exploration. And if you like to collect records, um, I've been finding that I can I can actually find most of this stuff if I do a little bit of digging. So it's always satisfying to get a new Johnny Ham. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, we'll have a little time at the end of the show so we can like sample a little bit so people know exactly what the heck we're talking about. So okay. Well, thanks for the hot tip, Tony. Kathy, uh, what's the Lego news? What's going on in toys? 
Lego! You know, I think that we're probably the only show in Saskatoon that actually talks about Lego, the new <laughs> Lego releases. That, that's actually kind of a, a, a shouldn't be. More shows should talk about Lego. Uh, yeah, Lego's pretty, uh, pretty exciting here in our house. Every time we, you know, we watch and we, we learn about all the new Legos that are coming out. And right now they just announced a bunch of Legos. Uh, some Star Wars stuff that's actually coming out at the end of August. Um, I thought it was the end of uh, July, but I was wrong, so I was pretty let down by that. But it's the end of August, so there's a bunch of new sets that are coming out. Uh, I'm looking forward to a, a bunch of them. Um, I'm looking forward to probably the most. It's going to be probably, Kathy, I don't know if you've seen dun, 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 the one, the only, I'm looking forward on my phone, my phone just went blank. Resistance <laughs> ITS Transport. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's the what's up with the transport? Is that the that's like one of the ships at Galaxy's Edge? Is that kind of what it is? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it comes with three minifigs that are from Galaxy's Edge. Also. So, so it's basically just a. Is this an actual ride on Galaxy's Edge, or is it just like a ship that? I think it's one of the ships that you're that they showcase in Galaxy's Edge. If you don't know what Galaxy's Edge is, it's the the Disney Star Wars. Uh, area that they reopened up there or mm -hmm. they, yeah so so mm -hmm. if you're looking to uh to go to disney you got to check out that so um another thing i was noticing is they have the new atat the atat is the one that i built my first lego built it about five years ago when it came out i had not bought lego before since i was a kid and i bought the atat and it is my favorite build i still have it on display and they're coming up with a new one this one's got 26 or 12,000 pieces or 1200 pieces yeah 1200 mm -hmm. pieces and uh, it looks pretty sharp. What's different? I think the main thing is the actual, the, the middle of it is a little di different. They've done, um, they've kind of done some of the doors differently and they've also put a speeder bike goes right up into the, uh, the back of it. So before they never had a speeder bike. So this is actually one of the, one of the little speeders they have that actually is attached to it. I don't think there was ever a speeder in the movie. No, somehow, I don't remember that. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. But somehow they huh. they put a speeder. So. Okay. so that's pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to a lot of the Lego that's coming out. Uh, I just want to make one complaint though. They have this thing every year called the uh, advent calendar for Lego. They have the Lego. So you open up one day and you get like a new piece of Lego, which is pretty exciting, except they always show pictures of it now. So you kind of know it's kind of a bummer. I haven't looked. I never looked it up. Well, uh, I never looked. I didn't Did mean you look to. It up? I didn't mean to. It just I'm looking at new Lego and they show the advent calendar and they start showing pictures. It's like uh, Christmas is ruined yeah. for me now. Well, there's don't no tell Christmas. me because I, no. I didn't look it up. There's there's the spaceship. That's all I can tell you. So. Okay. What else is happening with Lego, Kath? Well, besides Star Wars, this is the time of year when uh, a lot of the new Lego sets come out. September 1st in that area, I think probably to get ready for Christmas, stocked shelves for Christmas and stuff like that. So lots of things are coming out. Um, there's the Nintendo <gasps> stuff that's coming out Okay, also. the Nintendo was actually a Nintendo. They've actually taken the old Nintendo that you were playing with. They built it out of Lego and they have a little TV, probably like a little like 14 inch TV that they- With like wooden legs? With like legs, yeah. Water. And it actually, and you can spin it and it looks like you're playing, you're playing the Nintendo. Uh, it's amazing. It's seven, 6,000 pieces, I think, something like that. Something, something a lot of pieces, pieces. and it has the, it comes with the little controller, you make your controller, you make the actual TV, you make your actual little Lego system. And uh, it's about 300 bucks Canadian, yeah. which is outrageously expensive, unless you're a Lego guy like me, which means you'll buy it. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to see it. And they also have a Lego, uh, the uh, Nintendo game that's coming out of Lego too. Uh, I'm not super excited about it. I think it's more of a kids type thing, but you actually, 
build little scenarios and you're playing Mario now with Lego. So pretty yeah, simple. yeah, and, and Mario is electronic. Yes. And then he's got a little screen in his tummy. You build him, he's got a screen in his tummy, and he makes the Mario noises when the he touches bing, other pieces. Bling, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, awesome. Hey, tell me about those uh, things that are coming out, those little dot things. What are those all about? Uh, the Lego art? Yeah, yeah, Lego art. So um, I guess, I didn't know about this till we looked into it, but I guess uh, Lego's been doing this for a while where you can get Lego portraits. You can go to a Lego store and you can have somebody's face made into a Lego portrait. If you've been to a Lego show before, you've probably seen artists, Lego artists make portraits out of Lego with like tiny little pieces. They're just little studs. They just use little yeah. tiny studs. Little, so, yeah, little so. studs, little tiny studs and um, make it like dot like, uh, who's the artist Lind who does? Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein, yeah. Lichtenstein, yeah. Who does dots, yep. it's like that. Now they're making some sets that we can buy. Um, they're doing a Marilyn Monroe Warhol style. Marilyn Monroe looks really cool, yeah. yeah. Very, very nice, looks a lot like the he did four portraits of her, I believe, and they're all available to be made, I think. Is yeah, you can buy a single one, or you can buy four sets and make all four and yes. stick them together. Or you can buy one and just change it. So you have one, you could buy one set and just keep changing the picture on it, too. So, yeah, yeah, you could do that also. It's studs. It's studs. Um, there's Star Wars one that's uh, the Sith collection, where you can make Vader or Kylo Ren or... Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool, too. Or buy three. Yeah. And make well, a long picture. Big one I think people are going to be buying. I think this one will sell out is the Beatles. There's actually going to be one that you can build all four Beatles. So you could actually, yeah. uh, which looks really good. I think it's the Let It Be album guy uh, pictures, if I'm not mistaken. I could be terribly wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty exciting too. Yeah, there you go. Lots of stuff with Lego happening. Um, yeah, end of not, August. Yeah, not not just that. Even like, I mean, there's uh, more stuff like Harry. A bunch of Harry Potter sets are coming out, and just some regular other stuff. Volvo trucks and a Boeing Osprey, and all kind of yeah. the, the the usual stuff that would come out before thousands Christmas. of dollars. I'm thousands gonna, of yeah, dollars. Thousands of dollars. The price point, as I was going through all this stuff, the price point this year is one thirty nine ninety nine. There's probably at least 20 items on this list that are 139.99. Yeah, really. <laughs> which is crazy. Save your crazy. save your 140 dollars every yeah. week. Take it off your check. <laughs> <laughs> a payment plan. I I would love to have a punch exclusive Tony portrait uh, done in in the like. I think that we should make that happen. We probably can find someone to do that. Yeah. Some smart artist <laughs> with Lego studs. Yes. Yeah. Enough so, little studs to make you. I think it would be pretty ugly, personally, but that's it'd be an ugly portrait of me. Oh, it's me. no. Yes. We can make it. We can make it. All right. I think that the bigger you go, the more detailed you could get, right? Like it's pixels, right? Yeah. Yeah. We found that with the Darth Maul one when we were looking at it on the computer. Like we blew it up so it filled up the computer screen. And we were like, well, that doesn't look very good. And then we made it tiny, tiny, and we're like, oh, yeah, there it is. There's Darth Maul. Yeah. But yeah, the farther you're away from it, they the look really good. I'm not much of a, I, I don't know what I would do with it if I built them. I think it'd be fun to build. And I think the Marilyn Monroe one would be one I'd like to build. I think that would look pretty good enough. Mm. They're not big, they're only like uh, the size of a record, you know, they're not huge yeah. pieces. Mm. So. Okay, yeah. that's cool. All right, that, is that everything for the, the breaking Lego news? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, while we uh, get our, our act together here with more upcoming news, we're going to throw things over to Craig and Hank. Uh, and they uh, talked today about um, Crave. So Craig just got a subscription to Crave, which is basically, it's got all the HBO stuff. And they're going to talk a little bit about Perry Mason, uh, I May Destroy You, Night Shift, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and some other groovy, groovy shows. So uh, take it away. Hank and Craig. Thanks, Jody. Craig and Hank here. So uh, we've actually just got a lot of stuff to rip through that we've been watching. I got a Crave subscription uh, last week. I was bored. I had nothing to watch, even with a bunch of other streaming channels. So I jumped on Crave because it has all that HBO stuff. And then uh, my world opened up a bit more. So I know you and I have some things we've both seen and some things that uh, we've each seen separately. So uh, why don't we rip through that? What do you want, what do you want to start with? I want to start with congratulating you on uh, what the year 2016, 2017 and getting Crave. Okay. You're there. You're one of us now. You're Thank you. Us. Thank uh, you. Because you stars programs on there. You've got a whole bunch of HBO. You got Showtime on there as well. Oh, hoo Things are happening. Things are happening. <laughs> why don't we, uh, why don't we start with Perry Mason? Have you checked that out on HBO yet? I haven't. I didn't realize it was HBO until last week. So uh, Perry Mason, I used to watch uh, the TV show with my mom like years ago. I see Perry Mason's back. I didn't realize it was on HBO either. So I told my wife, hey, let's check out some, uh, some of the Perry Mason. I told her about the fond memories. And then we start watching this thing. And when HBO popped up at the start, I went, huh, I wonder what HBO is going to do with Perry Mason. And as it turns out, the HBO'd it. It is not the Perry Mason you know. It is based on uh, the books. And oh, the violence and the things that are happening at Perry Mason. It is, wow, it's de definitely uh, rated M for mature, let me tell you. But it's set in 1932, where Perry Mason uh, used to be, um, I believe, a lawyer, a DA, uh, something. But now he's turned private investigator. But he gets the case of a lifetime to do with a uh, kidnapped uh, baby who ends up... Um, the uh, don't get the baby back alive and he's uh, investigating this would be the non-spoiler um, but just pre be prepared for the darkness of it and wow wow so so far uh, Matthew Reese is that how you pronounce it I think, I think so. uh, from the American uh, great he is great as Perry Mason and uh, I would highly recommend you watch it but if you were a fan of the original Perry Mason TV show uh, it's not that. So p please don't go watch it thinking it's, it's not that. <laughs> it's not your grandma's Perry Mason. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. Nice. Yeah, I'll check that out. It sounds interesting. I've heard uh, other good things. Uh, CFCR's PD, Jay Allen, was talking to me about it a week or two ago, too. So it sounds like it's pretty interesting. So oh, yeah. uh, I've got one for you. Have you seen I May Destroy You? No. Also on Crave, but I haven't checked it out yet. Yes, also an HBO show. It's from uh, Michaela Cohen, who did a show called Chewing Gum that was, uh, it's on Netflix. It was kind of weird. But uh, man, this show is brilliant. It's uh, basically half hour episodes. I think there's six of them. And it's sort of about a woman who is sexually assaulted. And uh, this sort of gives her kind of, you know, pause to look at her life and everything like that. But it, it, really it's about that but in a lot of ways it's also not and it just sort of like i say it takes a while to really even get to that and and to get going but i don't mean that in a like uh, critical way 
uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just telling the story in a weird different way. And it's, it's hilarious, but it's also like harrowing in parts and sometimes like at the same time. So it's really this like kind of, you know, dark humor really is what I'd call it. Uh, man, like one of the best shows of the year I've seen so far. So definitely worth checking out. I have, I think two episodes left, so I'm waiting to see how it, uh, it all ends. So is that being released once a week or is it all out now? It's all there. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll check that out. I also, um, for those of you that play Animal Crossing, if you need something on in the background, uh, I finished uh, all four seasons of The Night Shift, which was an NBC summer hospital cheesy drama. And as it turns out, after the first few episodes, I kind of got invested in it and I watched all four seasons. It's on Amazon Prime now. Um, not really, uh, I don't think they knew they were going to be cancelled, so there isn't that much resolution at the end, but I uh, definitely don't watch it without doing anything else. But if you're playing Animal Crossing, you need a show in the background, that's the show for you, the night shift. Four seasons, yeah, that's good. Uh, now I know both of us, I think, saw this next one. Uh, it was released, it was supposed to be released in the theaters, and then Apple Plus bought it for $70 million, uh, the new Tom Hanks war movie, Greyhound. So oh, Greyhound. Uh, basically, it's the story of a captain who is uh, in charge, like a battleship captain who's in charge of not only his own ship, but a couple of other uh, naval ships trying to cross the Atlantic in World War II. And they have 37 merchant uh, ships with them that they're escorting, basically. And the, the whole convoy is being um, stalked by a pack, uh, wolf pack of Nazi U-boats. And so it's like basically drops you into that situation they have 36 hours to air cover or something like that and and it just go 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 uh i would say like on the plus side uh like it's a 90 minute movie it's like it just it it goes the whole time it's it's you know it's a it's 90 minutes of uh mostly you know adrenaline uh especially if you're into this kind of like you know naval battle movie and the one drawback I'd say is that it like doesn't really offer much in terms of characterization or anything, but that's why you get Tom Hanks, right? Because, you know, Tom he Hanks. embodies that stuff. You don't need to necessarily write it if, if he's there. But uh, I think he actually wrote the screenplay too. But what, what did you think of that one? I know uh, like we're not going to like go into a in-depth review on this bad boy, but uh, I, I liked it. But exactly what you said, like there is no character. There's nothing else other than you get dropped into this 36 hours. You don't know what's going on before. You don't know what's going on after. You're just there to watch Tom Hanks uh, rule the uh, the command deck there. It's based on uh, a true uh, crossing of the Atlantic and this fleet, but in reality, that never happened. They had a few extra ships, and other than one aerial attack, they never actually got attacked by submarines. Uh, but this one, based on uh, what happened in World War II, just to give you uh, a glimpse into the Atlantic, because a lot of people never never uh, think about that. And uh, a lot of Canadian ships in there, too. So uh, there you go. Go Canada. Woo! There you go. Yeah, it's actually based on a book called The Good Shepherd uh, from 1955. But And so another one I know we've uh, both just seen one episode of is the documentary series I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is the story of, well, it's billed as the story of the Golden State Killer, who uh, was brought to justice uh, very recently uh, after a killing spree in the 70s. Uh, but it's also a bit of a documentary about Michelle McNamara, who, if you don't know, is uh, Patton Oswalt's first wife, the comedian. Uh, and she was a true crime blogger who, uh, you know, dug into cases like this and was sort of like instrumental in helping them solve this case years later as a cold case. And then she passed away a couple of years ago and he's remarried. But this documentary is sort of about how she 
uh, like not only about the killer himself, but like how she sort of got into this world and solved this case. So uh, there's only been a couple of episodes available. There's six episodes so far, or, or six episodes in total. And I think uh, two or three have been released at this point. But um, my only misgiving about this is that it's billed as like being about the Golden State killer. Uh, and so I need to see a bit more of it to see if they do that. Cause I feel like in the episode I saw, it was a lot more about her and not about the like serial killer part of it. But what did, what did you think? Exactly. It's, um, with the first episode, it really seemed more about how she came to write the book. And it was more about her writing the book as opposed to the book or opposed to her, uh, for the killer. But I don't know if it's going to be a companion piece to the book. Or right. the next five episodes is kind of kind of get away from her and focus more on uh, how they actually caught the killer. But either way, uh, I, I like it. HBO, of course, I don't think they've uh, made a bad documentary in a few years here, so we're good to go. Uh, no, but sure. it, it was definitely worth checking out, and I think she is fascinating. So I mean, it's it's good either way. It's just it's just, they bill it kind of funny, but uh, but that's uh, that's the time we've got. So we got to throw back to Jody here. So uh, that's see you later from Hank and Crager. Thanks, fellas. Okay, so um, I just want to quickly uh, put in a plug for uh, an update for the Jella's Marble Runs, because, of course, the Marble Olympics are still happening. Um, so far, uh, we've got five events in, most recently the Long Jump, uh, which, unfortunately, my team, the O-Rangers, did not do very well, and so they slipped from the top of the podium. They had the gold medal spot. Now they're in second place with uh, silver, but I mean, they're do actually doing like pretty darn good, all, all things considered. Like um, they, they've had a few medals. So right now, number one spot is Minty Maniacs. They have two golds and one bronze. So they have 83 points. Rangers is only three points behind them with two golds and one silver, 80 points. Crazy Cat's Eyes has one gold, one silver for 78 points. Raspberry Racers, that's Dave's team, uh, they have one silver and one bronze. They've got 50 points and one point below that, Balls of Chaos. Uh, they made a big move. They did really well last week. So uh, they only have one silver, but uh, that puts them with 49 points. And then everybody else is below that. So uh, they're still like 11 more events to go. So like it's, it's still anybody's game. It, anything can happen in the Marble Olympics. Tell us, tell us how we can watch this. If, if people aren't watching this, how do we watch this? Um, go to YouTube and just search Jelle's Marble Runs. That's J-E-L-L-E. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of different marble-related events, but the one that you want to watch is like the, the Marble Olympics. It's, it's just so great. I just love it. So yeah, so that's, that's everything that you need to know as far as uh, the marble uh, world goes. Uh, it keeps on rolling. All right. Brennan, uh, you want to talk today a little bit of Scooby-Doo news. What do you got for us? I do. Now, this is one of those stories that when I first tell you the big news, you may say, well, this is something that fans had already known or, or already ex expected or knew. But this is now official, so I thought we should officially talk about it. Um, so <clears throat> Velma Dinkley, um, everyone from Scooby-Doo -No knows, she was the, uh, the brains of the group as well as the strongest one has officially been declared as being a lesbian character by Tom Servon, who is the producer of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, uh, and James Gunn, who originally wrote her as an out lesbian character in the official live action movie. Um, so Velma has always been 
uh, an LGBTQ plus icon since the original Scooby-Doo, like a very strong character and, and someone that was a good influence on female empowerment and what it can be. Um, and there's always jokes and ideas that maybe there was relationships going on between her and Daphne or whatever, or that Velma had a crush on Daphne or, or whatever. Um, in a recent Instagram post, um, the producer of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, Tom Servone, posted a pride Instagram that was a pride colors, and it was Velma with Marcy hot dog water fleech um, that basically showed them being a couple. And people are commenting saying, well, they're just because they're good friends doesn't mean they're a couple. Well, she liked Shaggy. How could she be a lesbian? Come up back and forth and back and forth. So Tom Servone actually chimed in on the Instagram posting and he said, and I'm quoting because I did some research. Huh? I'm actually quoting someone. <laughs> I've said this before, but Velma in Mystery Incorporated is not bi, she's gay. We always planned on Velma acting a little off and out of character while she was dating Shaggy because that relationship was wrong for her and she had unspoken difficulty with the why. And he goes on to say, if you follow the entire Marcy arc, it seems as clear as we could have made it 10 years ago. I don't think Marcy and Velma had to act on their feelings during the main timeline, but post-reset, they are a couple. This was our intention. So he made this as his post saying, in this animated series, we were going to delve into that as much as we could. And then James Gunn continued the conversation saying that when he wrote the script for the 2002 film and its sequel, that uh, he wanted Velma to be explicitly gay, but the studio, quote unquote, just kept watering it down. Um, and then it became a bit more ambiguous. And then eventually when the release version came out, all those kind of subtext was gone. And then in the sequel, they ended up giving her a boyfriend. So this all happened about two days ago. So now it's sort of been declared officially in canon that uh, Velma is a lesbian character. Um, Tom Servoin even went on to say that that was even the intention in the original 1969 cartoon. Um, they couldn't really talk about it, but that was sort of the basis of, of her history, which I find really interesting. So I like the idea that you could have a character who is gay or lesbian who isn't just the gay best friend. You know what I mean? Their whole story arc isn't just wrapped around their sexuality. That might be part of who they are, but that isn't everything they are. Um, so I think it's really neat that this has finally sort of come out in the open. It's official now, and it'll be interesting to see maybe how Scooby-Doo will look different going on from from here on in. So there you go. It's official. It's on Instagram. It is Instagram official. Okay. Well, thanks for the scoop. And that will wrap up the nerdy news for another week here on CFCR 90.5. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your dukes up until next week when uh, we'll hopefully have more tasty tidbits for you. Uh, here's a little bit of uh, Johnny Hammond to take us out.
Thank you.